Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's the Opposition Research Podcast on HawkeyeNation.com. Welcome to the Opposition Research Podcast here on HawkeyeNation.com. My name is Andrew Downs. Each week I'll find a beat reporter, blogger, or broadcaster that covers Iowa's upcoming opponent. If you have a suggestion for who I should talk to in a given week, or if you have any questions you'd like me to ask, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew C. Downs. Let's get to this week's game, the Big Ten Championship in Indianapolis. The final Big Ten Championship game between the East and West divisions, at least for the foreseeable future. It's a rematch of the 2021 Big Ten Championship Let's not talk about that one. Uh, Number 16, Iowa against number two, Michigan. It's a seven o'clock kick on Fox on Saturday night. The unbeaten Wolverines about 22 point favorites. And my guest today covers Michigan for the Ann Arbor News, MLive.com, and is host of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. It is Aaron McMahon. Aaron, thank you for the time. Yeah, no problem. Good to be with you. So let's address the elephant in the room first thing. Almost nobody is giving Iowa a real chance to win this game, including most of the people here in the state of Iowa. Uh, Michigan players and coaches are all saying the right things this week, as you'd expect. But does this feel like a foregone conclusion within the Michigan program and certainly within the Michigan fan base? Yeah, I think if you're asking the fans, yes. Um, I, I think folks are expecting Michigan to kind of run away with this game on Saturday, probably similar to how things went in 2021. Um, it, and players are part of the game just because, you know, it, it's kind of been the same messaging every week all season long, maybe aside from Michigan State and Ohio State week. So, um, I, you know, I, I got to think that the, the Michigan program isn't overlooking this game. I think they realize that they need to win this game just obviously not, you know, to, to help with the record and, and to, you know, guarantee themselves a spot in the playoffs. Um, but I, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be surprised if you see some, you know, Michigan let off the gas here in the second half, especially if they get out to a big lead. They may elect not to play some guys that are banged up. Um, but I, I think we'll get a better idea of how, you know, how they're going to take it Saturday night. At, at the start of this season, this was the dream matchup for a lot of people because we assumed that Cade McNamara and Eric All would be major factors in this game playing against their old team. Obviously, both have been out with injuries for quite a while now. How, how disappointing is it to you guys that we don't get to see that storyline play out this week? Yeah, highly disappointing. You know, I can remember at, right after Eric and, and Cade went over there, I said to my, some, my fellow media brethren, you know, that would have been the cool storyline. Going in, you know, Cade going up at his old team, trying to get retribution and, and everything else. And I think everyone was hoping for that, even some of the Michigan players on the roster now. I mean, I've, I've asked several of them this week about it, and they, they were hoping to go up against Cade and Eric. Um, in fact, one of Michigan's offensive linemen, uh, Carson Barnhart, uh, he was in a wedding with Cade over the summer for a, a former Michigan teammate, and I guess they were talking about it then. So I, I think a lot of folks were hoping for it. Uh, some of the coaches were too. Um, just because, you know, Cade, you know, certainly. Uh, came up the ranks here at Michigan. He, he ended up, you know, obviously turning into a star quarterback. And I certainly think a, a lot of folks wanted to see him get his opportunity too. Unique is an overused word, but it fits Michigan's season with Jim Harbaugh being suspended a total of six games this year. The the whole sign ceiling scandal, all of that. How how strange has it been to cover this team this season? 
yeah, it's been the wildest uh, year of my career. I mean, you can even go back to the off season back in January when they had the offensive coordinator fired and uh, he was under police investigation. And, and then Jim, obviously, with his annual uh, dalliance with the NFL. So it's it's been a wild, you know, certainly last couple of months and, and, you know, really the last 10 or 11 months if you want to go that far. So um, I, I've been covering this team since 2017. I can't think of a wilder last year. I can't think of a wilder last eight weeks. Um, and, and it's not like this, this program has been immune to this stuff in the past. So it's, it's been pretty crazy. Uh, it's been one roller coaster up for another. Uh, and, and surprisingly, I guess, immediately from my perspective, the team is still won. I mean, it's 12 and 0. They haven't lost. I, I figured at some point the bottom would fall out. I figured the weight, the pressure would, would get to the players. Because, uh, you know, there were a couple of weeks ago where some of the players were admittedly like they were kind of bothered by everything. They couldn't get on social media. They couldn't flip on TV, they couldn't flip on the radio without hearing about this stuff because it was everywhere. Um, fortunately for them, at least, it's it died down here in the last you know week or so, uh, and, and, they, and they continue to win. Let's look at this game uh, specifically. Iowa's game plan is going to be simple, man. Keep this thing close for as long as possible. Uh, Michigan really didn't have many close games until the final weeks of the season. Uh, so if, and, and it's a big if, but if Iowa is able to dictate tempo to some degree in this game, how prepared is Michigan to play a, a field position, defense first, you know, one score, one possession type game? Yeah, I think they could do it. I mean, maybe to their detriment, they haven't really had to do it much this year. Um, you know, you maybe go back to the Penn State game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, it was, it was kind of a one-two score game most of the way. But even that game, you never got the sense that Michigan was going to lose. Um, uh, you know, a week later against Maryland, they only win by possession. But again, it was a situation where you never really felt like Michigan was going to lose. So. Um, I, I'd be curious to see how they would respond. Um, I will say they, they certainly probably haven't gone up against the defense this, uh, you know, this good, I think, all season long. So I think they're in, in for a test that way. Um, but you, you kind of nailed it with, with Iowa. You know, they, they want to keep the game as close as possible. I, I think if they're in it or have a shot to win it, they're going to have to force some turnovers. Um, you know, J.J. McCarthy, Michigan's quarterback, is, has been prone to throw, throwing, interse- throwing interceptions at times. And oftentimes when he does, they come in functions. You know, you go back to the playoff game last year against TCU. He throws three interceptions, two pick sixes. And then again, earlier this season against Bowling Green, he throws three interceptions. So I, I think Iowa's going to need some turnovers. I think they're going to need, you know, pick six or two would probably help. Uh, and then, yeah, obviously controlling time of possession and, and field position to go a long way as well. You know, we, we know the big names. You just mentioned J.J. McCarthy, the Big Ten quarterback of the year. Blake Corum, now a two-time Big Ten running back of the year. Who, who else should Iowa fans be focused on when Michigan has the ball? Uh, they got a couple. Yeah, you mentioned the two big ones. At tight end, uh, Colston Loveland uh, is a name I think Iowa fans are you know, relatively familiar with. Uh, you know, he, He's played the last couple of years. He came out last year as a as a true freshman, and he's really kind of, um, you know, uh, become I, one of the, you know, the top tight ends in the Big Ten. He, he can block, he can run, he can go up and get football, the football, he can get the 50-50 catches. Um, you know, this week, Jim Harbaugh likened him to get, uh, Travis Kelsey, which I think is a, is a big honor. Obviously, he's probably a little mature, premature, but uh, Coastal Loveland is that type of player. Uh, he's, a, he's a great tight end, so I would look for him to get targeted. Donovan Edwards is another interesting name. Uh, Michigan's number two running back, who they've kind of used uh, in the slot in the passing game a little bit more this year. They like to use. Uh, and then out of receiver, Roman Wilson's the number one threat out there. Uh, he's a speedy guy. He wasn't afraid to, to, to you know, to break off a big play. Uh, and another receiver, Peyton, that's Cornelius Johnson. He, he's, he's hot and cold. 
Um, but he, said, he tends to show up in big games, and this is a perfect scenario for him. No major awards for the defense, but a slew of players on the all-conference teams announced yesterday. What, what players or position groups have been the strongest for Michigan defensively this season? Yeah, it's really difficult to answer that question because, as you said, it, it's, there's really no superstars on this group. This isn't like a team a couple of years ago where you know they had Aiden Hutchinson and David Job, a couple of first-round NFL picks. They don't really have that this year. Um, but there are some guys at every level I think you got to pay attention to. Uh, Michigan's interior pass rush has really improved this year compared to a couple of years back. Uh, Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, Chris Jake is inside. Uh, they all can obviously get, get off blocks, but pressure the quarterback, and that's really had a difference you know, and Michigan's defense this year. On the edge, Michigan really has kind of rotated four different guys this year. Um, and you can even go check the numbers. They're almost getting the same amount of snaps per game. So they're, they're in a way kind of trying to keep those guys healthy uh, and, and active and allowing them to get to the quarterback. So names like Jalen Harrell, Braden McGregor, um, uh, Derek Moore, guys who have gotten the quarterback and forced turnovers. Uh, the middle level, uh, Junior Colson's an All-American caliber linebacker, has done very good. Uh, Michael Barrettson, a six-year at Michigan, very experienced guy. He's, he's got to come on the last year or so. And then the secondary is, I, I think, the most intriguing group. Um, you've got a really uh, a group of talented and, 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 and kind of young, inexperienced guys back there. Uh, Will Johnson leads the way. Uh, sophomore defensive back from Detroit, uh, first-team All-Big Ten player this year. His status is in question right now. He, he banged up his, his leg last week against Ohio State. I, I don't know how much he's going to play on Saturday. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, Michigan still got playmakers back there. Rod Moore, he had the, the game-sealing interception against Ohio State on Saturday. Uh, and then Mikey Sanders still, nickel quarter. Um, he, he's kind of come on this year. He's a former receiver. They moved over to, to defensive back uh, last year. He's really taken on the position uh, really well. I was kicking game struggled uh, last Friday against Nebraska despite getting that win and uh, a missed field goal early in that 2021 title game felt big in the moment ultimately didn't you know weigh into the outcome much but did feel big in the moment for Iowa but despite that Iowa almost always has an edge on special teams in, in just about any game they go into how does Michigan stack up in in that third phase Yeah it's probably a similar situation I, Michigan's special teams aren't nearly as good as they were last year and a couple of superstars at, at kicker and puncher, guys who end up getting drafted in the NFL and are, are you know, doing well until they welcome themselves. But they like who they've got this year. Uh, James Turner is a transfer from Louisville. Um, they haven't had to lean on quite a bit. You know, the book on him coming into the year was that you know, he was reliable within 40 and he was questionable beyond that. But really the last couple of weeks, we've seen his leg kind of showcase. He had a 50 yarder last year, last week against Ohio State, three for three. In fact, he was. Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week this past week. So they're really feeling good about him. And then Tommy Goldman, uh, I think he's near the top of the Big Ten in hang time and punting. Uh, so he's kind of come on. But, again, another situation where a guy they haven't had to use a ton this year just because the offense has been so so productive and, and able to score. Ah, how how nice that must be to not have to rely on your punter and your your field goal kicker to to get your points. Um, this has been a this was a really competitive series for a really long time, but you know now Michigan's won three in a row, including that absolute drubbing in the twenty one Big Ten championship game. How, how does Michigan, both the program and the fan base, view Iowa? Well, I think they respect it. You know, I think they look at they look at Iowa to kind of see a lot of the same tenets of Michigan. You know, that strong physical style of play, maybe a little bit of a dash of old school style. You know, of offensive schemes. Um, I, I can tell you, Jim Harbaugh has a lot of respect for Kirk Ferentz and the staff there. Um, you know, every opportunity Jim gets, he, he says he says great things about Kirk. Obviously, they, their, their history goes way back, and even to the times times in the NFL. So, I, I think there's a lot of mutual respect there. Uh, I, I think folks look at Iowa and the West side of, of the Big Ten and 
you know, I, I think they see some mediocre football, but you, at the same time, you've got an Iowa program that seemed to kind of, um, you know, uh, move past that. You know, while the offense may not be great, the defense is it's fantastic. They win kind of in an old school mentality. And I, I think for, for a program here in Ann Arbor, it's been built on, on the tenets of both Shem Blackwater and some of the old school style of play that Jim Harbaugh likes to preach. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's well respected. He is Aaron McCann. You can check out his work in the Ann Arbor News, MLive.com. Listen to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast and follow him on Twitter at Aaron McMahon. Uh, Aaron, thank you as always for the time, man. Enjoy Indianapolis and the game. Hopefully we can uh, make it an entertaining one for everybody. Yep, thanks for having me. And there it is, a tall task for Iowa Saturday night, but we've been here before. Crazier things have happened. We will uh, preview the game more tomorrow on the Hawkeye Nation radio show on KXNO and here on the HN Podcast Network. I do want to take a few minutes and talk Big Ten awards, which have come out over the past couple of days. Cooper DeGene, the Big Ten defensive back of the year, despite not playing in the final two games due to injury. Just an incredible accomplishment for Cooper and and very well-deserved. I mean, this is a guy who was a special teams player two years ago and in less than two seasons became a Hawkeye legend. I mean, there's no point in in downplaying that at all. Uh, He also adds to Iowa's ridiculous run in this award. He's the sixth defensive back since 2012 to be the Big Ten's defensive back of the year. Micah Hyde in 2012, Desmond King 2015, Josh Jackson 2017, Amani Hooker 2018, Riley Moss 2021. So just about every other year. Iowa is uh, is winning this award and all of that under Phil Parker, who uh, should be the Broyles Award, Bryles Award winner, Broyles Award winner for the best assistant coach in the nation. Um, I fear that award will go to Michigan offensive coordinator Sharon Moore because uh, he had to assume head coaching duties during uh, those six games where Jim Harbaugh was suspended this season. But uh, Phil Parker deserves that and, and hopefully hopefully will be able to win that. Cooper, also the return specialist of the year, the second Hawkeye to win that award, named for Tim Dwight. Charlie Jones won it back in 2021. I think they must have counted that touchdown against Minnesota when evaluating him, which is great. I mean, it should have counted. Uh, But an awesome accomplishment for Cooper, who will likely be headed to the NFL after this season. Cooper, also a finalist for the Thorpe Award, which I think he, he probably wins if he plays 12 games, but I doubt he'll win it uh, playing just 10. Torrey Taylor, the Big Ten punt of the year, uh, now a two-time winner after earning the trophy back in 2020, and he's a finalist for the Ray Guy Award for the nation's best punter. He should absolutely win that. I thought Jay Higgins should be the Big Ten linebacker of the year. He led the conference in tackles. He filled that hole left by Jack Campbell in a major way. Uh, he is first-team All-Big Ten, should be a first-team All-American. Uh, too bad that he wasn't the the linebacker of the year. Sebastian Castro was a second-team uh, All-Big Ten honoree. Joe Evans, Nick Jackson, our third team, as is kicker Drew Stevens, and then Quinn Schulte, Deontay Craig, Logan Lee, and Wyatt Black were honorable mentions. Offensive awards came out today. Three offensive linemen make the third team, all Big Ten, Connor Colby, Logan Jones, and Nick DeYoung. Uh, some honorable mentions offensively, Eric All, Rusty Feth, Jennings Dunker, LeSean Williams, Mason Richmond, all honorable mentions. Uh, the biggest snub, although an understandable one, is Kirk Ferentz not being named Big Ten Coach of the Year for a fifth time. David Braun of Northwestern is the winner there, and, and he's he's a deserving one for sure, right? He, he took over a cratered program, which went 1-11 last season before firing Pat Fitzgerald in, in July, less than two months before this season began. And nobody expected Northwestern to be any good, but they finished 7-5, and five, including three wins in a row to end the season. So so David Braun is, is certainly worthy but what Kirk Ferentz did this season is is remarkable. He handled, he handled as much adversity on the field as, as anybody. 
with injuries to arguably Iowa's four most important players, plus Noah Shannon was never allowed to play, and dealing with that kind of back and forth with the NCAA all season. Uh, Kirk also dealt with Iowa being screwed out of a game against Minnesota, and he kept that team together to win the final four games of the season. He did all that after his son was fired as offensive coordinator in a move that he disagreed with. Uh, if not the move itself, certainly the timing of it. And sure, he made that bed, so he's got to lie, uh, lie in it, but that is a part of this. And he kept this team together, focused on that same goal, found ways to win despite fielding the worst offense in the country at the Power 5 level. He wrapped up the Big Ten West with a week to go in the season, and he beat David Braun's Wildcats on the field. So Ferentz would have gotten my vote, but uh, I am biased. We'll talk about all that and more tomorrow on the Hawkeye Nation radio show with Joe Schmelka. You can check out HawkeyeNation.com for all your Hawkeye news. The Iowa men play tonight against North Florida, a final tune-up before next week's gauntlet of games. The Iowa women, now ranked fourth in the country, are off until Saturday when they host Bowling Green. Thank you so much for listening, and go Hawks!